You're listening to Adishokbe Live, the Afrobeats podcast. Welcome to a brand new edition of Adishokbe Live, of course, the Afrobeats podcast sponsored by World Remit here and shot at the beautiful studios of Afri Media, I'm Adishokwe Olajide, and you're supposed to be joining us every single week to catch up on all the headlines happening in the Afro pop culture and a lot more. Again, this is where we break it down, my opinion. I bring you some of the headlines, and I break it down and let you know what my thoughts are. Let's go straight into it. Some of the headlines this week are simple. David O drops his highly anticipated third album, ABT. Zimbabwean socialite and popular model die in car crash. South African superstar Busiswa shares personal domestic abuse stories and lots more. Now let's get into it. We start in Nigeria where Afrobeat superstar Davido released his highly anticipated third album titled A Better Time. In the early hours of Friday with a, an artwork that reveals his cute son's face for the first time since his birth. Now, the album features American stars such as Nicki Minaj, Lil Baby, Young Thug, Chris Brown, and Nas, including African stars such as Saudi Soul, Mugiz, Maya Kun CK, and, you know, the list goes on, produced by an array of incredible producers, I might say. Tiwa Savage as well. Yes, Tiwa Savage. Sadly, a few days before the album was released, news broke that it had leaked online, so some fans listened to it before release and gave mixed reviews. Whilst, of course, all that was going on, Burner Boy also tweeted uh, something that said, floppy disc, which fans took as a direct jab at David O. Now, let's break this down. David O dropped an album about a year ago titled A Good Time, and uh, a few months into the year, 2020, he decided he was dropping what was called almost like a sequel to A Good Time in A Better Time. Now, everybody's been waiting for the album. He announced it was coming in October. That was the same time Whiskey announced as well that his album's coming really soon. Whiskey dropped here. So, obviously, people started to anticipate uh, um, David O's album. Now, A Better Time dropped. I, before it dropped, just as I said, um, unfortunately, some fans somehow got a hold of it on social media. I saw links trending on Twitter where people were kind of like listening to the album before it officially came out a couple of days before with, I think the record with uh, Nicki Minaj was out and then the record with Young Thug and a lot of the records were out. One of the first things that I went on social media to say is, and I agree with a colleague of mine that runs notjustok.com, shout outs to Ovie, who said those who leak albums will never make heaven. And I agree with that. You know, I don't know how some of these guys get a hold of that. I don't know how they break into people's computers or systems and take this music and then put it out for free. Something that people have spent thousands of dollars creating. Producers, studio time, collaborations. A lot of blood, sweat and tears goes into creating albums. And to just see on social media that people just put it out there and expect other people to download it for free. It's ridiculous. And again, we have to be honest. In the past, in the last couple of years, I'd, I'd say probably seven, eight years ago, when Afrobeats was still growing, sites like Not Just Okay, where the popular sites where artists released their singles on and people could download for free. However, since the music industry evolved and we're now making money from streams and sales, those type of websites, particularly the, the, the downloading, free downloading angle of the websites have been shut down, especially with Not Just Okay, but a lot of other unscrupulous websites still uh, are active and still providing these free services. And I believe that people need to target them and take them down because it's killing the industry. It's, 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 it's unfair to creatives and it's a loss of revenue. Because what also happens is when people go on social media to listen to music before it officially comes out and the general public can have their own opinion, other people start to give their own two sets. Oh, I'm not sure about this album. I'm not sure about that album. Even though we still have our you know, individual minds and can still uh, gauge an album ourselves and judge it ourselves, what it does is that it sows a seed that might, in some cases, put you off it. 
I know, you know, I remember um, when uh, the movie Avengers, uh, the, the end game came out. There was an embargo on anybody that had attended the cinema to watch the movie, including the critics, not to share what the end of the movie was. And one of the reasons was Iron Man, who's one of my favorite characters, died. If I had known before I went to the cinema to watch that movie that Iron Man was going to lose his life, probably I wouldn't have gone to the cinema to watch that. And that's my 15 pounds or whatever lost. And I can guarantee you that will be millions of people around the world feeling the same way. Now, let's get back to the album. David, you know, we know that David is, he loves his American collaborations. He's American as well. He's an American-Nigerian, so he leans towards the hip-hop, kind of like the R&B, international kind of flavor. So his collaborations were not surprising. Nicki Minaj, though, <laughs> yo. That's a big collaboration. <laughs> Whatever way you want to cut that, the Nicki Minaj collaboration is a huge collaboration. The Young Thug and Chris Brown collaboration, that's a huge collaboration. Collaborating with Nas on a record, that's ridiculous. I know rappers in America that will pay any amount of money to get a Nas verse and still haven't got that. So you have to give the brother some huge you know, kudos. Now, of course, the video with Lil Baby came out as well, uh, the song, is also brilliant. The video is fantastic. And then it goes on into Tiwa Savage, Mayo Kuhn, you know, CK, Bella Schmada. You know, and but my thoughts on the album is this. 17 records. Instantly when I saw that, I'm thinking to myself, that's a whole lot of records, man. You know, that's 17 records nowadays. People's attention span is really short. So to be able to assimilate 17 records might be a little bit of a stretch. But then when you listen to other people, I know Chris Brown had put out records, albums that have about 40 records in the past. And people are talking about nowadays, because of the streaming world, is a catalog business. Is how many records you, got, you have out there that eventually becomes what uh, puts money in your pocket. You don't know who wants to sample your music tomorrow. And if you created all this stuff, why don't you put it out there? Because of the streaming system, when you go and stream an album, you're more than likely going to listen to the album to the end rather than stop in the middle and go and listen to another album. So even though you've got 15, 17, 18, 20, 40 records on that album, there's a high possibility that people will stream it to the end. So the more uh, music you out have out there, the better. Now, that was my first uh, thoughts on the album. And then second thoughts was there are different, there's songs there that have different kind of like uh, rhythms. I think the record with Nicki Minaj, I think the Young Thug record, I think the Nas record, those had kind of like a slow vibe to it. Little Baby record, those had a similar sonic kind of vibe to it that, that in my opinion, went together. And then there are other records in there that had the Afro House vibes. I think the one with the CK, I think the one with, uh, who else was it? The one with CK, the one with uh, Maya Kun also had that in there. So. There's a difference of, of different sounds going there. And I think uh, it's just one of those albums that, yo, if you're a fan of David O, if you're a fan of Afrobeats music and the different kind of blends that it brings to the table, you definitely enjoy it. But as one of my favorite uh, broadcasters, DJ Gabe, said, it's one of those that you have to listen to again and again to really catch a vibe of what he's doing. But then again, you have to look at it this way. This album, 17 tracks, Another Afrobeat superstar dominating around the world, collaborating with some of the biggest superstars of the world. He has a, you have to give him a big, big, big W for this and congratulate him. Of course, when you go on social media, uh, some fans who claim to be Whiskey FC or some fans who claim to be fans of Burner Boy or Whiskey start to trash the album. Oh, the album's rubbish. The album is this. The album is that. And I think some of the interviews that David also gave uh, a couple of days uh, leading to the album didn't help. Where he was interviewed by uh, broadcaster Bolan Leon in Danny Television, and he was asked the question who he felt was the biggest artist coming out of Nigeria. Guess what my brother said? David said, me. I'm not surprised he said me. 
you know, a lot of people were like, oh, what does he mean by that? I think he just did, he didn't explain further, but he's probably saying, I'm the biggest artist if you look at the numbers. Maybe he's talking about the numbers. We all know what, uh, I think his fall, what fall did in America in terms of numbers. That, that did gold in America. I think it did gold in Canada. Did maybe platinum in South Africa. Did some huge, huge numbers. Hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. And you can look at If. You can look at uh, Fire for that as well. So he's probably talking about numbers. And if you look a couple of years ago, David probably had the most, um, talk, I think the, he had performed in the most cities or countries out of the Afrobeats male superstars. He was touring countries like crazy, I believe in 2016 and 17. He was working extremely hard. So he has a right to believe that he is the best coming out of Nigeria. And here's what I have to say to that as well. Um, I had an interview with the legend, Olamide Bado, where he said to me that he's not waiting for anybody to give him any accolades. He gives himself the roses and the accolades based on how much work he's put in the game. So I seize on Davido and Olamide's advice and put humility to the side for two seconds. I don't care what you want to say. What I bring to the Afrobeats, Afropop culture, I don't think anybody else has done that. And I don't think anybody else will be able to do that. No, I am one of one. And as Davido said, I'm the best at what I do. And I have every single right to say that. Big shout-outs to the likes of DJ Abasa, Yoshona, DJ Gabe, Fem Ben TV, Ronkia Pampa. You know, uh, the list goes on. Black Knights, those that came before me and really set this game right in the UK, promoting African popular culture. But when it comes to me, with all humility, I'm the best at what I do. Now, let's put that humility back on and forget that for a second. So what I'm trying to say is, yo, you have a right to believe that you're the best at what you do. If you don't, then you're in the wrong game. And you're probably doing, you know, you're, you're not going to reach your full potential if you believe there are people out there within your discipline that are doing better than you are. So people should kind of step back a little bit on the criticism and look at it a little bit closer and personally and see what he's really trying to say. So I'm not going to bash David on that one. Um... Then apart from that, he also went on Twitter a couple of days before when the video with Lil Baby dropped. Now, this is a very funny one, right? He had a collab he has a collaboration with Lil Baby uh, called So Crazy on the on the album. The video is nice. Song is kind of like mellow, R&B, hip-hop type of stuff. Initially, when he went during the coronavirus pandemic, when he traveled to America to re record the video, and clips of him and Lil Baby came out, just about 24 hours after that, Lil Baby went on social media and said, if you don't have 125 racks for me, I'm not doing any collaborations. So instantly, social media chatters came and, oh man, David already paid about 125 racks for Lil Baby, da 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 da. That went and done. Then again, this past week, when the video dropped for So Crazy Between David O featuring Lil Baby, 24 hours after that, Lil Baby goes on Twitter and says, no more features for now. I'm in album mode. Instantly, the naysayers came out again and said, oh, man, it's because the record was trash. He doesn't want to give nobody no features anymore. No. Listen, the, Lil Baby, from what I heard, does at least four or five features a month at 100 grand in America. That's the hip-hop style. That's how they move. And now that he's planning to record his album, he really doesn't want to be checking and focusing on other people's music. And for the naysayers on social media, really people need to take a chill pill. When I had a look at that tweet, the first 50 or 60 responses to Lil Baby's tweets were actually Afrobeast fans who were haters of David O. Going, yeah, why did you do that collaboration? Is that not why they did it? And I'm like, wow. How are we in these comments just embarrassing ourselves? Lil Baby knows nothing of what's going on in the Afrobeats culture in Nigeria or the, the kind of rivalry between Burner Boy, Whiskey, or David O. But these fans with the amount of tweets going at Lil Baby, talking all that trash, he be thinking what's going on there. So we need to really respect ourselves. And sometimes when we're so excited about our superstars, we also can be embarrassing them. Let's just think about that for a second. Anyway, we move away from David O and the big release of his album. Congratulations there. And we go straight to, from Nigeria to Zimbabwe. Now, this Zimbabwe news is, um, 
is one that's really sad. I've got to be honest with you. Um, where the world woke up on Sunday morning to the news that popular social at a night, nightclub owner, Ginimbi, sadly lost his life in a car crash along with a few friends who included a popular model uh, by the name Moana. Um, housed before the death, Ginimbi can be seen in his Rolls Royce Wraith uh, and in the club popping champagne, celebrating Mo Moana's birthday and living the good life. Uh, it's so sad to find out hours later that their car had crashed and all three occupants died on the spot. Now, as everybody within the Afropop culture, we all woke up on Sunday morning and v images and videos started trending on Instagram and Twitter where it initially showed this popular socialite in Zimbabwe where he was talking about going to the club to celebrate with the model Moana and he was walking into his rave, you know, you know, feeling good, talking about how the night's going to be amazing and how they're going to be popping champagne. And a few hours after that, barely a few hours after that, the next thing we saw was that the Rafe Rolls Royce was in flames, complete flames. And in some images that I personally couldn't look at closer, showed um, Ginimbi in his outfit lying down lifeless by the car. Uh, now, a few hours after that, then the news were revealed that all the occupants in the car died on the spot and the car burnt to its, like, completely burnt out. Um, it's one of those stories that just, when you think about how short life can be, and, and, and because of social media, you also see how things go. Like, you saw how they had started the night happy as Larry going into the car, driving to the nightclub, and you also saw within hours the corpses being placed in, I, I think it was some kind of um, uh, transportation stuff that they took them away in. And it just hits you hard, like, wow. Nobody knows what really happened. They said there was a head-on collision with another car, and then uh, his wraith hit the tree and, and went, caught fire straight away. There were some passers-by that went to the car uh, apparently pulled him out, and whilst they were trying to pull out the other occupants, the car exploded, so they ran away from the car, leaving the car to burn to, 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 to ashes with the people in there, and him on the ground just uh, looked up for a couple of seconds and, and sadly lost his life. His family, obviously distraught, saw clips of family members in tears, breaking down by, you know, by, by the accident scene, and social media influencers around the world, particularly from Southern Africa and Zimbabwe, really shared their, their hearts on social media, where they were just talking about the beautiful model who just went out to celebrate her birthday. And then some clips uh, showed up a couple, maybe a couple hours later, where um, Moana in the past, in the past couple of weeks, had recorded herself on social media talking about uh, her heart weighing heavy and sensing that she will be in a situation where she'll be helpless and, and insinuating that she was, you know, feeling like she was going to lose her life. And again, Ginebi, uh, from news reports that we're hearing, is that he had purchased his own casket uh, previously and so and requested that people uh, wore white at his burial ceremony. Listen, it's just a whole lot of... It's very, very hard to comprehend the story and listen to what's going on, the fact that the model felt she was going to die, and Ginibi, the socialite, also prepared for his burial ceremony by buying his casket and asking for a specific outfit worn at his, you know, when, whenever he passes away, just leaves chills on your body, like, what's going on? Did they really think they were going to die that soon? Did they know what's going to happen that night? Um, you know, and... I, I saw the news for the first time I watched the videos and saw the clips. That was the last time I saw it. The next thing I was catching up on was just news in the media and stuff. I stayed away from all the other clips, even images of Ginebi and, and, and Moana. It was just difficult to watch. Uh, and it's just the era that we're in now where social media makes us feel like um, you're here the next and you're gone the next because you sometimes you can still have some of them still have videos in their instagram story at the time when people around the world are finding out that they lost their lives so yeah um r.i.p to guinea b and obviously moana and the the other guys that pa sadly passed away in 
that car crash. Now, from Zimbabwe, we head over to South Africa, where popular singer Busiswa shared three videos on Instagram where she detailed the abuse she had received at the hands of former partners, including the father of her child. She spoke of extensive physical abuse, emotional abuse, and financial abuse. And in this video where she tagged my story, Busiswa braves emotions to share these stories in the hope that it inspires other victims to safety. Now, when I saw the videos, I saw the first one she posted. So she basically started, sat in front of the camera and she narrated these videos, where these stories, where she spoke about the fact that she's talking for the first time ever because of a variety of reasons. One of the alleged abuser is the father of her child and that she had suffered abuse for years, going into a decade. She even mentioned her previous partners who had either physically, emotionally, or financially abused her. Uh, I've said in the past, domestic abuse is one of the most heinous crimes that can be committed anywhere in the world. And, and in Africa, particularly South Africa at the moment, um, with violence against women, the numbers are shocking uh, and, and, and disappointing. And people are starting to speak up, particularly people in this position, the entertainment business that have a microphone and a mouthpiece to speak to the community, not only to deter uh, potential domestic violence, uh, domestic abusers, or to inspire victims to walk away and get the right help. People are starting to stand up and speak up. When I saw uh, Busiswa do what she did on Instagram, I felt nothing but pride and respect for this woman. You know, to be able to stand in front of the camera and, you know, and narrate some of these shocking stories. At a point, she mentioned the fact that she was in fear of her life. At a point, she mentioned the fact that a former boyfriend had come to meet her while she was on, on her date with somebody else and physically assaulted her right there and then. I'm thinking, wow, the audacity that people have to continuously carry out this crime without fear of repercussion or going to jail, or being tried, you know, is, is, is crazy. Um, but again, she, she narrated it, you know, very well in these three long videos on Instagram, where she said she'll be putting the story and, and putting those emotions into a brand new album coming. She decided not to speak about it for a long time for a variety of reasons. You, you know, people have different times when they feel ready and prepared to share such delicate and intimate information with the rest of the world. And every time we see somebody come out to talk um, about an experience like this, you know, the world needs to rally around them and support them and appreciate them for, for finding it within themselves to be able to share these horrific stories with the world. Again, the most important thing is domestic abusers must face the full wrath of the law whilst the victims get the help they need to continue and live their lives as best as they can. Sadly, in Africa and South Africa, um, not only are women being abused, women also lose their lives at the hands of these abusers. So this is a serious crime. I remember years ago, I tried to launch a campaign. I still put it on my social media. So if you come to my Instagram page um, or Twitter page, you see something there that I put as hashtag no means no. And that basically means men against domestic violence and sexual violence towards women. So um, obviously I haven't been able to put the whole thing out like that, but I still use the microphone, every single opportunity I get on my social media platforms to speak out and speak up against this form, this, this crime that's being committed, particularly in Africa, mostly against women. Yes, uh, in some cases, men do suffer domestic abuse, uh, but in Africa, it's mostly gender-based violence. Uh, South Africa, Nigeria, and Ghana, around Africa. And women lose their lives and continuously lose their lives every single day at the hands of their perpetrators. So shout-outs to the incredible queen, Busiswa, who we're expecting the album from. She said the album's being mixed and mastered. It's been turned in so we can really just sit and enjoy and wait for this album to come out. Just in case you don't know Busiswa, she was also a collaborator with Beyonce in the Black is King album. Go check that out. Busiswa is an amazing singer and uh, it's, it's brilliant to see her do what she did. Now, 
From South Africa, we head to Ghana, where popular rapper Obrafo is embroiled in a court dispute with philanthropist Aisha and media personality Delay. Now, the story goes like this, right? Aisha was interviewed on Delay's platform where she said she called uh, Obrafo an ingrate, which led to him during, uh, which led to him suing her to court for 800,000 Ghana cities. 800,000 Ghana cities. That's probably about $200,000 or $150,000. So that's no joke. Um, adding media personality delay to the lawsuit, I think. Well, it caught my attention via delays video distancing herself from Aisha's allegations. However, Aisha went on Instagram Live to discuss further, not recanting her statements and promising to fight Obrafo to the end. Now, Obrafo is a fantastic rapper from Ghana who is a popular star, a popular music star. He's had, you know, hits for years. He's been in music game for well over a decade. Now, this lady, Aisha, is also known in, in Ghana. She's been known to be affiliated with some of the superstars like Stoneboy and other stars in Ghana in the past working without, uh, within the music business and around entertainment. So she went to this show uh, where she was interviewed by Delay. And apparently she was asked questions about particular uh, artists and relationships and, and Obrafa came up. So she said Obrafa is an ingrate because she, had, she alleged to had invested about $40,000 in his career before he kicked off. And he promised to, to give her back the funds when he became successful. And according to her, allegedly, uh, when she, he did become successful, he forgot to bring back the proceeds. Uh, Obrafo obviously went on social media, hitting back with the lawsuit to say that is nothing but false allegations. She's talking trash. He's taking her to court. 800,000 Ghana cities. Um, Delay, who is the broadcaster, came out on a video and saying, listen, I know nothing about what her claims are. My job as a broadcaster is to ask her questions, which I did. It is up to the guest to say whatever it is that they want to say. I am not agreeing or denying to whatever allegations they come out with. I am just doing my job in asking the questions, which is true as a broadcaster, that's what they expect us to do. Put the tough questions to guests and let them say whatever they want to say. Now, do I have any right over some of the words that they say? In some cases, when they make very strong allegations, you can correct the guest and say, listen, um, those are allegations, so I would like you to treat it as those. Don't come here making any assertions because we don't have any physical evidence to back that up. So that's what the lady did in the video, distancing herself like rock. 800,000 Ghana cities, I want nothing of that. I was just doing my job. It's over to you, Aisha. But Aisha went on Instagram Live and said, listen, forget the lawsuits. I'm fighting this guy to the end. He owes me money. He's an ingrate, blah, 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 blah. So it looks like this story is definitely going to keep going on. But the good news is the broadcaster has taken a lead and stepped out of the scene. So it's now between Obrafa and Aisha, word against word, if there isn't any physical evidence. We'll be following that story closely to bring you more on that. Now, staying in Ghana, where popular UK star Steph London has been on holiday with her mom. The Can't Let You Go singer was seen loving, living it up in Ghana, uh, having dance competitions and a private party with friends, whilst, uh, of course, we here in London remain in lockdown. So let's just basically say I was one of those people checking the Instagram stories being a hater. Anyway, Steph, who was thanked publicly by Fuse ODG for her support towards the school he built for the kids back home in the past one week. Now, what's happened is Steph London, this is not the first time Steph London has gone to Ghana. She's been in the past, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I'm really loving this new energy that's coming from, you know, black people around the world, whether you're from the West Indies, the UK, America, and starting to return home. I think she went to Ghana for the first time a couple of years ago. She fell in love with the place. She connected with Fuse ODG. Uh, she fell in love with it so much that she donated a little, uh, she donated towards his charity work of building a school for the kids back home in Ghana. 
And um, she popped up on social media in the last couple of days, being in Ghana and just enjoying her life. I think her mom even celebrated a birthday whilst they were out in Ghana, which is another fantastic sign. I saw some Instagram clips where mama was cutting a cake, surrounded by friends and family members. You know, they were just living it up and just having a great time. And, you know, this is how people become unofficial ambassadors to places. You know, some of the followers of Steph London that perhaps haven't been to Africa or to Ghana before would see that Instagram story and believe that, raw Steph is having such an amazing time. This is not the first time she's been to Ghana. I think this is the third or fourth time. She's definitely, she's going there to catch some fun. Let me look at it a little bit closer and maybe just book a ticket and go over to Ghana. Uh, speaking about somebody's been to Ghana before, of course, obviously, and Nigeria and the rest of, and a lot of other places in Africa, you should come home. You know, people like this tell you or show you via their social media platforms, you know, how much of an amazing time that they have. And not only that, she also donated towards a fantastic cause in Ghana. And that deserves an applause. Shouts to Steph London. Again, I'm still rinsing that song, Can't Let You Go. I'm rinsing it out, man. You sing it in Yoruba. You got me on that one. You know, that's a fantastic song. So, hey, you can go to Ghana as many times as you want. And we're also waiting for you to come back to Nigeria. She's been to Nigeria as well a couple of times too. So, Steph, has, you know, she's found uh, another home in West Africa. Adeshokwe Live, the Afrobeats podcast sponsored by World Remit. Let's put it that way. Now, over to Nigeria, where singer Tolani defends her sister as a social media troll talks about her sister Tammy or Ted Dollar's Yoruba accent in the movie Citation, which can be seen on Netflix. Uh, the social media troll, uh, uh, troll wrote at Tolani, tell your sister to sp stop speaking Yoruba or something like that, or else I'd come out our teeth. And Tolani responds in such gangster fashion, saying, if you say that again, I'll remove yours. First of all, shout out to Tolani for that response to the troll. Secondly, Citation is a movie that's currently on Netflix. I actually just watched that fantastic movie by Kulia Folayo, um, one of the most incredible uh, music, uh, movie makers and actors out of Nigeria. It's a fantastic movie. If you watch it, well shot. That's an example of a Nollywood movie that you'd like to show the rest of the world. You know, it looks high quality, uh, the storyline is also incredible. So the story is around um, situations in Nigeria, in Africa, where some university lecturers exchange grades for sexual favors. And Tammy is a young lady, Tammy Otedola is a young lady who found herself in the midst of such an allegation. You know, so the movie is built around that story, is trying to address that uncomfortable, uh, you know, truth in Nigeria. And I, you know, I, I went to university in Nigeria and I did see some of those, you know. I'll be lying to you if I didn't. You know, so this movie brings back to four how, you know, these things go on uh, in Africa, in Nigeria. And Temi Otedola, I believe this is her first ever movie role. But I've got to say, shout outs to the young lady because that's a tough role to, to attack as your first movie role within the industry. That, that was tough. But I could see, you know, that she didn't want to... I didn't see her so far lock lips in the movie. You know, so she's still... You know, she's... Tammy Otedola is Mr. Easy's girlfriend. Um, she's Copy's sister and Tolani, the singer's sister. Um, yes, her Yoruba didn't sound like the obvious traditional Yoruba, but... Again, you know, if you watch the movie, I don't think you'd be bothered about that. Not only did she speak English in the movie, she spoke Yoruba in the movie. She also spoke French in the movie. And for me, that's a whole lot to take on for your first role. So instead of the Twitter troll to be attacking a young lady who's stepping into a completely different world for the first time, should actually be applauding the effort that she's taking to attack this role. Not only did she deliver, in my opinion, in terms of the acting, 
I think trying to speak in three different languages within a movie is a whole lot of work for her to be doing in her first movie, and she did her best, you know. And again, uh, for Tolani to defend her sister, that's what we want sisters to do. If a Twitter troll is talking trash, put them in her pla put them in their place, and let them know nobody's coming for my sister that way. I'm ready to roll, and maybe other people will think twice before coming on Tolani's page to disrespect her sister. Uh, and again, a little addition to that, Tolani copy and uh, Temi just got Ferraris as gifts from their billionaire father, Femi Otedola. If you go on social media, you can check that out. So I, I'm guessing that's probably where the Twitter troll was coming from, an angle of jealousy and bitterness and just being like, yo, why is this girl so good? She's got a Ferrari, you know, father's a billionaire, and now she's in a fantastic movie where she's speaking in three different languages. Hater, get a job, man. Shout-outs to Tolani for that one. Now we go back to South Africa, where another headline that we have reported in the past catches our attention, oh, my God, once again. As award-winning author Jackie Fomotse claimed in a now viral Instagram Live that some South African rich and famous resort to Darky Magic and Juju, a.k.a. Voodoo, to make money once again. Now, she went ahead saying they pretend to have endorsements and sell products, but the truth is that they visit native doctors for some special help whilst claiming to be self-made millionaires on social media. Boy, we said this a couple of episodes ago where Ghanaian music manager had alleged that one of his pro uh, previous clients dabbled in voodoo to excel in, in the music business. Now we're hearing from, uh, from Jackie that in South Africa, some of the rich and famous also dabble in black magic to excel in their businesses whilst they're fronting to people that they're self-made millionaires and entrepreneurs. Within a couple of hours of that uh, Instagram Live and whatever going viral, celebrities had come for her on social media just really poking the fun at this lady saying, what's she talking about? If she's got evidence, then she better put that out rather than just concocting stories from the air and putting it out. That's what I'll say too. Enough of all of this voodoo magic to be successful in business, in entertainment, in movies or whatever. If you have evidence, why don't you put it out rather than just painting pictures and now she's saying she, she won't name names or she might name names and people are threatening her life and she's had to go into deep prayers since she revealed that information. Again, people will come for you when you make baseless accusations in their opinion. If you think that you've got the right uh, uh, you know, evidence to back whatever it is that you're saying up, why don't you put it out there? We want to see. We want to know. Like, yo, because we can't be out here listening to some fake uh, motivational speakers who know that they go back doors to go and dine with the devil and make their exchange and get money and come to us and tell us to work so hard to be successful and this is what they have to do. Not us knowing or not knowing that they're basically lying to us and then they're inspiring us. We already know that these Instagram motivators or motivational speakers, a bunch of them are fake anyway. And so are the Instagram pastors. Fake, false, deceitful, liars, cheats. You, you name it. A lot of them are that because they ain't telling us a quarter of how they're really getting it on. They're basically just selling us stories that look good for social media. Put it out there and everybody believes, wow, from grass to grace. However, from grass in between, Otomoko, jazz, voodoo, juju, a.k.a. everything, and then grace. But we need to know what you're doing, man. And, uh, and, and again, to anybody that comes out making allegations, pointing fingers at people, nowadays, it's, uh, you know, it's a show and tell. You've got to be able to show us the proof. Put the evidence out there. Don't just, you know, don't just lump people together under one umbrella uh, without allegations. But again, this story keeps on coming out, so I'm, I've got to think that we, you know, we, there can't be fire without smoke. How, how do they say that saying? Yeah, whatever, man. There can't be fire without smoke. Or no smoke without fire. Exactly. No smoke without fire. You know who you are. Anyway, 
stayed in South Africa, where South African rap superstar, AKA, is riding the waves after releasing his brand new album, Bovamania. He scheduled a one-man show to celebrate the release, um, but that has just been pushed back uh, a further couple of weeks due to COVID-19 regulations, as well as the amount of people that tried to gain entrance into the venue. So rapper AKA, who's currently planning a massive fight, a boxing match with his arch rival, Casper Joves, and I believe now is scheduled for May next year, 2021. Both of these guys are going to head into the ring, fist for fist, punch for punch. Um, uh, AKA doing an interview with Ebro on Apple Music also said that apart from the financial rewards that they're both going to make and the feeling of pride that the winner has over the loser in this boxing match with Casper Yoves, uh, AK is also putting a wager on that whoever loses this fight quits music forever. Boy, that's a tough one because someone's got to lose. Someone's most likely going to lose. Yeah, he said that to Ebro, like, yo, whoever loses this fight, in addition to your confidence being bruised, you losing reputation, but you're also going to have to quit the music game permanently. And he believes that it's not going to be him. Okay, we'll wait to see that. However, with regards to his album, he dropped a brand new album, Bovamania, uh, about a week and a half ago. And he was planning a one-man show to celebrate the release of this album um, following COVID-19 guidelines in South Africa, wearing a mask, coming, checking your temperature before you walk into the building, um, if you're feeling COVID-19 symptoms, you might be turned back from the venue. However, the demand for this one-man show has been astronomical. So I believe they've had to change the, maybe they're having to change the venue, change the situation around so they can accommodate people, the amount of people that have requested within the COVID-19 constraints. Now, what I've got to say to you is this. I've seen AKA perform a couple of times. I was blessed to watch him perform at Cannes uh, at the mu uh, Midair Music Festival in 2018, I believe it was. Uh, AKA is one of the most incredible live performers from Africa, period. Even though he's a rapper that can also sing, he you would not believe the kind of performance this brother turns on on stage. Whether you know his music or you're not a fan of his music, uh, once you see him perform, you ha you have no choice but to fall in love with him. And that's not only of AKA. I believe it's a South African rap type of syndrome. I've seen people like Nasty C. I've seen Casper Nyoves on stage. Uh, I think I've seen K.O. on stage. And all of these guys that I've mentioned somehow have the ability to command the, the stage like we haven't seen before, you know. Uh, rappers have it difficult when it comes to African rappers, Af African musicians, because other musicians will use the prop, dancers, you know, the, the live band, the da, da 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 whereas the rapper is usually just spitting bars off a microphone in front of the audience. But the rappers from South Africa, you know, I think they have learned, they've kind of owned their skills so early. You know, shout-outs to them, you know, but AK is amazing. Talking about rappers, you know, people like Sarkodie from Ghana as well. When you see him on stage, you have no choice but to fall in love with their music, even though you might not have heard a song of theirs before. And that is a testament to the artistry that these guys possess. And, and going back to AKA, I'm not surprised why so many people um, applied to be, to, to be at this venue for the one-man show. It's just because it's just incredible. Go on YouTube, Google AKA Live, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. So we'll be, we'll be keeping you posted on that performance. Now, before we came into to, to the studio to record this evening, uh, before I walked in, social media blew up due to comments made by former Chocolate City singer and Nigerian alternative musician Brimo of the Oleku... Tell me something where I know if you do. Or, good morning, mama, gay baby, me, how you do? Fame. He tweeted that his album, Yellow, was the best out of Nigeria in 2020. 
and the rest are just much hyped. Now, Peruzzi uh, signed to DMW, David O's affiliate, uh, and others, you know, tweeted on social media, but Peruzzi tweeted straight at Brimo, saying, others are what? Go wear shirts. Cold, they catch you. Now, this is what I've got to say. This is not the first time Brimo, in the last couple of months, has gone to social media to claim that his album is the best out of Nigeria this year. Once again, taking a leaf out of David O and Olamide's book, you should feel like your album or product is the best out of anywhere that you are. However, where Brimo might have gone wrong was the fact that he put this tweet out as the world was receiving David O's brand new album. So it seemed in certain quarters that that tweet was a direct response to listening to David O's album. Again, there's nothing wrong with Brimo going on social media demanding that people respect his album titled Yellow as the best album of 2020. In my opinion, this gave him a lot of attention that also fell on my table where I decided why not just give this album a thorough listen because this man surely believes that the Yellow album is incredible. And here is my take. Brimo's brand latest album titled Yellow is absolutely fantastic. Yellow possesses music like you have never heard from an African singer. It sounds sometimes orchestric, sounds sometimes like jazz, sounds sometimes like Afrobeats, sounds sometimes like pop. For me, when I listened to the album, I was blown away because I listened to it with a little bit of like, uh, how dare you say your album is the best coming out of Nigeria this year? We've had so many incredible albums by superstar artists from Tiwa Savage to Pato Rankin to Burner Boy to, you know, the list goes on. But when I listened, I was like, I've got to be honest with the world. This album by Brimo is absolutely incredible. The music making is on a different level. The writing ability is absolutely stunning. And I've got to admit that I've also picked a record on there that I'll be playlisting on Afro It's on the Beat London 1, 3.6 FM, which you can listen to every Wednesdays between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. UK time. And that tells you something. You know, I'm like, bro, Brimo might be saying something here. However, his timing was absolutely wrong. If you want to be the judge of Brimo's Yellow Album, do the brother a favor. He caught the world's attention. Why don't you go listen to that album? But definitely, I enjoyed that, and I will not be lying to you. Now, we return to the UK via Ghana as the news about Manchester United's underperforming Paul Pogba is being rumored to be put on a transfer list in recent times. Now, apart from teams such as Juventus, Real Madrid, and PSG being possible destinations for the French World Cup winning midfielder, the latest addition to that list is none other than, drum roll, brrr, Ashanti Kotoko of Ghana. Yes, you heard me right. The chairman of the famous Ghanaian side came out on a radio interview saying he is making inquiries about signing the £53 million rated Paul Popper, whose asking price was re recently reportedly reduced by Manchester United. Listen, I've got to appreciate my brother from Ashanti Kotoko. The chairman is not playing. Well, in Ghana, in the last one week, I saw that uh, former Ghanaian captain, uh, what's his name now? Uh, Baby Jet, Baby Jet, Asamoah Jan, had signed for a Ghanaian side and he'll be playing professional football in Ghana. And I'm thinking, wow, that's big because Baby Jet is a superstar. He's traveled around the world, played in the UK, played in Saudi Arabia, made millions of dollars. For them to have been able to sign him to Ghana, that meant that the local club had a little bit of money in their bag. But the chairman of uh, Ashanti Kosoko, sir, 53 million pounds, I think that's ridiculous. But he made his point, his statement clear that, listen, if he signs Paul Pogba, the ownership of the, uh, of the football club 
They have plans. They're going to be selling merchandise. They're going to be doing this. Even the people that were interviewing him were thinking to themselves that, yeah, man, yeah, man. But he wasn't budging, and he didn't seem like, you know, he didn't believe what he was saying, too. So for some of us Manchester United fans who really would like to see the back of Paul Pogba because of, uh, you know, how badly he's been performing in, in recent months over the last one year, we might be very happy to see Ashanti Kotoko throw their hat in the ring with that £53 million bid. Now finishing in our segment called the Shopsy Do's and Don'ts of this week, but this week will be the don't. As Nigerian star David O releases his fourth album titled ABT, A Better Time, this past week, some fans on social media who claim to support either Whiskey or Burner Boy took it upon themselves to give the album negative comments, hailing their stars as a better artist or creating a better project. Now, this is to the real music fans out there from Nigeria. David O, Burner Boy, and Whiskey are three different performers who possess different skills, sounds, and attributes. And that is a blessing to Afrobeats and Nigerian pop culture. And the beauty of these guys or ladies such as Yemi Alade, Tiwa Savage, or Shei Shei, is it lies, the beauty of those, those artists lies in their ability or their individuality. As a fan of music, it's okay to be a fan of one style over the other. But what's not okay is to say that you are not a fan of one as you think they are whack or rubbish. As they say, the sky is big enough for us all to fly without bothering each other. So being a fan of all these guys at the same time is no crime. Final sentence. Don't be a hater. Be a lover of good music and ambassadors of our culture. Peace and love for myself, Adeshokwe Olajide, here at Adeshokwe Live, the Afrobeats podcast from Afri Media Studios, of course, sponsored by World Remit and supported by LM Media and Afrocene TV. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms wherever you're getting this, this podcast from. And as well, a big shout-out to uh, our friends at Five Star Alliance for giving us uh, these wonderful hats uh, today. I might be giving some off on my social media, so make sure you follow me across all social media as well. I'm at Shopware.olajide. In some instances, you can type Shopsy Do and I'll pop up. Until next time, from me to you, is peace. I'm out. Hi there, I'm Adeshokwe Olajide, and this is the Adeshokwe Live, the official Afrobeats podcast. If you want more of this content, it's simple. Subscribe and share with friends and family. Catch you next time.